The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of Ecclesia Houston. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to follow Jesus, the liberating King, and live in his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. Friends and family, so good to have you gathered with us here online today. The world is still a difficult place to be a resident in. And yet, the past couple of weeks, I have moved from overwhelming weariness 
to weariness that's a little lighter. And part of that has been through the practice of gratitude. And so that's what I wanna lead us in right now. Would you join me in taking a deep breath and considering something for which you are very grateful and then offer that gratitude to God. Jesus, our gentle shepherd, you lead us to green pastures and you lead us to still waters. The 23rd Psalm also reminds us that you walk with us in the shadows that death and destruction bring. You don't leave our side. And God, we are grateful for the ways that you are showing us that there is hope among weariness, that there is hope among destruction and devastation. God, guide our eyes, our ears, our hearts, our bodies in our time of worship with you today. Amen. Every day we go to war again. We assume we know so much more than them before we hear what they have to say. Headline breaks and we start to hate again. We're calling them names again. We can give our peace away I hope they see it Cause I wanna see it I hope we believe it I wanna see, I wanna see the love It's all around you day hope fades away and then we know that there is pain within that we cannot medicate learn to feel learn to begin again open our eyes again See our brother's pain I hope they see it Cause I wanna see it I hope we believe it I wanna see, 
painted sky, a canvas of your grace. If creation still obeys you, so will I. Oh, so is the time that we get to say a blessing over the kids in our community. Maybe you have children in your home or your family, uh, maybe you work with children or you have children in your neighborhood, um, or maybe even think about some children at Ecclesia. During this blessing, I'm going to be thinking about um, the kids in my small group. Join me in this blessing today for our kids. Loving God, you created each of these children uniquely and with great love. Each one is a special part of your family. May they feel your love through us. Be with each kiddo this week as they continue to grow and explore the world around them. May they know deeply that they are loved by you. Amen. Join with me now in speaking this offertory prayer. Almighty God, you created everything in the heavens above and in the earth below. You survey all your creation and you savor its beauty and appreciate its goodness. To you, we lift up the best we have to offer from our time, talents, and resources. We give freely from what we have received from your hand. We give joyfully with the gratitude of a rescued people. We give generously with the excitement of children at play. We join with your mission and with your kingdom. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.
Alexandra, thank you for leading us in the spiritual practice of giving. Friends, we continue to be heartbroken by the devastation that Hurricane Ida brought to our friends in Louisiana, especially on the heels of what has taken place in Haiti and what is happening in Afghanistan. And we know many of you want to help, but it can feel paralyzing in figuring out what to do with so many needs in front of us. So how about this? Ask God for guidance in choosing just one need. We have trusted partners who are directly serving the needs of Hurricane Ida, Haiti, Afghan refugees, and kids going back to school who don't have the supplies they need. You can go to ecclesiahouston.org broken to learn more about giving and volunteering with these organizations. Consider doing for one what we know you wish you could do for all. As we have discovered, semi-normal life does go on during a pandemic. In perhaps different ways than the past, couples are dating, getting engaged, and getting married. We're pleased to invite any and all couples to our latest offering of our premarital course that will meet via Zoom for six Tuesdays, September 21st to October 26th from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. And even if you've been married for a long time, you are welcome to. Jerry and I enjoy going to marriage courses. One of the great things about them is that it's someone else's fault for bringing up a subject that you know you need to discuss too. So whether you are dating, engaged, or even already married, we invite you to get more information and register at ecclesiahouston.org events. And now one last thing which is also a new thing. Over the past 17 months, we have taken our normal in-person gatherings and done a version of that online. Around the end of September, beginning of October, our online gathering you are watching now will begin to evolve into what we're calling the worship table. While we weren't gathering in person at all, that version of online made sense and was so helpful for continuing to bring a sense of familiarity during these uncertain times. As we look ahead to the future, we are evolving our online offerings to be more tailored around meeting in groups around the table, engaging in discussion, participation, and connection. Also, we will be shifting to shorter and more varied content with new music, prayers, spiritual practices, and teaching. So whether you live here but are unable to be with us in person or you are engaging from afar, our aim is to continue to connect you with God and with others. Now please join me in another deep breath as we prepare to hear from God through Pastor Chris.
Ecclesia, this is Pastor Chris, and I'm thrilled to be able to share with you today. I'm at a place, in fact, it was just uh, about 24 hours ago, I felt like I was a zombie. I was walking around just like I couldn't figure out what to do next because there were so many things to do. And there was so much happening in the world that I, I wasn't sure where to start. Um, I shared a video with you last week as we thought about four of the big problems happening in the world, right? Haiti's had an earthquake and nobody's mentioned it apart from maybe if you're a part of a faith community like ours and you're working with friends at Living Water and other places that are on the ground and they're still trying to help people and, and it's desperate. Haiti overall is desperate. Uh, we had an unbelievable storm, Ida, uh, coming in the Gulf Coast and places like Huma are hit even worse than New Orleans and we're leaning in together to do those things. Uh, we look at what's happening in Afghanistan and I, I, I gotta tell you, um, it's, it's hard. It is really hard and I, I, um, I'm hurting uh, for those that have served there, uh, both in nonprofits and in the military and had helped make it a better place. And I think many of them are feeling like, is my work in vain? What, what was I doing? And then I, I look at what's happening in our city and the reality is inequality, especially financially, is worse than ever in Houston, Texas. Uh, the pandemic's made it worse. And what we have is a lot of kids all across the city, they're going back to school. And you know what? Last year, a lot of them didn't learn anything. They got stuck. They had a bad experience. And they're going back to teachers that are totally burnt out. And many of them are going back without school supplies. And I look at it and I just think like, what are we going to do? We have to do something. Now, I got to tell you, part of what I've realized is that my reaction to all of those crises and a bunch of other personal and real crises all around me and people that I love, sickness, illness, disease, mental health issues, you name it, it's all around me. That part of my problem is uh, that I'm responding with great despair at times that probably isn't helpful in leading me forward. Uh, in fact, as I looked at my life, I realized that, that this adulting thing, I don't know how many feel like just like, that's all I do as adult from day to night, right? It's, um, I look at my kids and just think, God, I would love to be you, <laughs> you know, not to worry about any of the things you worry about. And, uh, and I'm grateful that we get to give that to our kids. But I literally look and, and I can tell, I have to take my blood pressure on a regular basis. And, uh, and adulting, or at least the stress that comes with it, quite literally, it feels like it's killing me. Just not just physically, my blood pressure does go up uh, on those days that I let it get to me, but spiritually, it zaps me of hope. And as I prayed for you, and I was praying for me yesterday, I was praying, God, um, let me know what, I, what do I need? And as clearly as I can hear it, I was drawn to this passage in Matthew 18. And in Matthew 18, Jesus is, uh, is dealing with these disciples that are also living in a very broken world. Uh, they're occupied by Rome. There's not much sense of hope. And those that hope are hoping um, beyond the evidence that there would be a, literally a superhero. They would call him the Messiah, but it's a superhero that comes along and saves them. They really thought that superhero would defeat the occupying power. And Jesus was that Messiah, but he came to save in a different way. And, and his answer here in Matthew 18 tells you, right? They're, they're saying to him, right, who's the best? You may be asking LeBron or Jordan. Uh, you may be asking, we, we talk about the greatest filmmakers of all time. Who are they, right? 
the, the greatest singer-songwriters, right? Who's the, the greatest country music artist this year? Apparently, it may be Chris Stapleton or Eric Church, right? They're both up for Entertainer of the Year, right? Who's, who's the best, Jesus? And in verse 2 of chapter 18, Jesus says this, or he does this. Right? He knew they needed more than an answer. He gives an object lesson. And he called a little child to him. And he placed the child among them and he said, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name, Jesus said, welcomes me. Ecclesia, I wonder if we responded to the problems of the world and our problems in light of Jesus' teaching with a childlike faith, what would it look like? I got a few things I want to share with you, and hopefully uh, they'll help and get us beyond this impossible adulting stage of managing impossible finances. And for me, logistics for kids just feels like it's nonstop. How do I orchestrate their life and get them where they need to be and just work hard at the jobs that we're called to? What does it look like to live out that life and still see the problems of this world uh, with hope and faith and optimism? This is where I think we start. Kids, this is what we learn from kids. When they face a problem, they respond with curiosity, not dogma. I don't know about you, but there are a lot of these things that as adults, we feel like we're supposed to have all the answers for. And again, we may have some insight. We may have been through some things, but I got to be honest with you. If you think you know everything, you've lost it. And by the way, nobody likes the people that think they know everything. And even in areas where we don't know anything, right? The truth is like, I'm upset about what's happening in Afghanistan. But I know almost nothing about how to execute a military withdrawal. Almost nothing. And in fact, as I read historically, very few of them go well. And I look and I get frustrated. I can get angry and I can throw stuff at the wall. But I know almost nothing about it. What would it look like if I responded with curiosity rather than dogma? Right? I, I can tell you it would be good for my soul. I, that childlikeness that we love, that... If you had a kid that's three, especially, you remember, like, it just never ends. Why? 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 <laughs> just, and they'll keep asking, right? To the point that we finally give up and just say, because I said so, right? And um, what if we respond to the problems of this world with that curiosity? Or what if we respond to the problems of our coworkers with a sense of curiosity? Or family members, like, what's happening in their life that would lead them to that place? And we ask question after question. Albert Einstein said it this way. The important thing is not to stop questioning. Never lose, he says, a holy curiosity. Right? I, maybe the essence of brilliance is truly curiosity. What might that look like? Well, here, one, one just a few things. Be open-minded. Just realize you hadn't figured it out for whatever it is. Political, family, try to keep an open mind. Secondly, just keep asking questions. Question after question after question, rather than running to the answers. Just keep asking questions. Ask and ask again and ask another question. Do whatever you can to keep a sense of intrigue, uh, a sense of wonder or mystery. And then lastly, this is what I'd tell you. If you want to develop a sense of curiosity, read. Read about things you don't know anything about. What I've learned is that the more I read about, the more I realize the things I don't know. Um, I know very little 
about how the people in Houston do this amazing thing called fracking or this amazing thing called getting oil out of the Gulf or uh, the new alternative energy things. I don't understand how solar panels actually work or why they're, uh, they're getting so much more efficient. But the more I read, the more I learn, and also the more I realize, like, I don't know. Uh, the more I read about uh, science and medicine and things that historically have been a part of ending pandemics, the more I realize uh, I don't know everything. And, uh, and I want to learn more and more and more. Keep that sense of intrigue. Ecclesia, if we could be more like kids, more curious, less dogmatic, the problems of the world would be much better. What else? I would love for us to live like kids with this sense of truthfulness without blame. It's one of the things I love about kids, right? If you want to know if your breast stinks, have a three-year-old come up and hug you, right? Because they'll just look you in the eye and go, your breast stinks, right? They don't do it with a sense of blame. They don't go, hey, your breast stinks. Why'd you eat so much garlic, right? They don't, they don't blame you. They just let you know, like, hey, you ought to know your breast stinks. What would it look like, Ecclesia, to be people that speak the truth without blaming or adding extra motion or baggage or making life more dramatic or difficult? There are a few things we can do to help us do that. One, if you would identify yourself as who you are, what Henry Nouwen says is that we are all wounded healers, that we actually have the power to bring healing to people through our woundedness, and that our woundedness, though we feel like it's our, our weakness, it's our deficit, it's actually our strength, that when we lean in from that woundedness, we lean in humbly. Um, we're able to speak truth because we know the pain of a difficult life, right? I would tell you, uh, Nowen's book, Wounded Healer, ought to be required reading for every Christian. Mike mentioned one. It is great sermon last weekend, right? Uh, that is another. It's, it's in the, the canon of what you ought to read. Celebration of Discipline by Richard Foster. It's a great book. These would be two things you could read that would be really helpful and will expand your curiosity. What else? Would you just try your best to think and to pray before you speak or sometimes before you text, right? Um, that you could speak the truth, but you could do it like a kid does it without any blame, without any extra emotion. Just, this is what I see and I'm going to speak it. What else could we learn from kids? Well, there's a lot. I, this sermon could be too long and it's, it doesn't need to be. This is what I'd hope is that we would learn from kids how to trust and how to hope that Kids live with a sense of trust and hope. And I got to tell you, those aren't bad words. Adults have become jaded by life. We've been beat up by it. And sometimes we struggle to hope. C.S. Lewis says it this way. And uh, I think it's so, it, it may be one of his most brilliant quotes. He says, to love involves trusting the beloved beyond the evidence, even against much evidence. No man is our friend who believes in our good intentions only when they are proved. No man is our friend who will not be very slow to accept evidence against them. Such confidence between one man and another or one woman and another is in fact almost universally praised as a moral beauty, not blamed as a logical error. And the suspicious man is blamed for a meanness of character, not admired for the excellence of his logic right? You can tell me all day. It's just logical not to trust people, right? And the evidence is on your side, but Lewis is right. 
If you want to live by that evidence, that jaded evidence will shape your life in a hurtful and a harmful way. In fact, what we're made to do, and I know as you do as well, the sting of betrayal is not to look around wondering who will betray us next, but despite the fact that we've been betrayed like children, to trust anyway, to trust. And then secondly, to live with a sense of hope, right? What do I love about kids? I mean, there's so much I love. I love our kids at Ecclesia so much. It's one of the things I miss about just having big gatherings and having everybody there. It's what I love about gathering at 9 and 11 on both campuses is that kids have been so excited to reconnect with adults and with other kids. But kids live with a sense of hopefulness. Anything's possible, right? You can be a fireman, you can be a singer, you can be an artist, you can be a rock star, you can be a professional athlete. Like, what do you want to be when you're a kid? And one of the worst things adults can do is squelch that in kids, right? What we need to do is the opposite. Let kids um, ignite that in us, that sense of hopefulness. I see what's happening in the world and I can be prone to despair. And Ecclesia, we're a people of faith and we ought to lean in to hope. So lastly, what can we do? I'd invite you to do three things. To pray, to play, and to serve. Prayer is it's, it's the secret sauce of the Christian life. It's not just when we don't know what to do, but I would tell you, especially when we don't know what to do, we pray. There are places in Louisiana I couldn't get to last week, right? What can I, I can pray. And you know what I found as I prayed? God led me to connect, even though self-service is really bad in some of those areas, but led me to connect to the people that I needed to connect with so that I could serve well. Uh, that I was able to uh, to lift people up and be an encouragement and then to respond. Prayer also centers me and it allows me to let go of my pain and my frustration and my despair. Secondly, if you want to be more like a kid, you got to play, right? You got to play. And by that, I mean anything you enjoy. What if, what if you started drawing again just for fun? Do you have artistic and creative abilities you're not using? Do you have games you love to play? And again, play those games. Maybe it's golf, but don't play it like an adult, right? I watch adults out there playing golf. By the way, you're not going to be in the PGA. Like, you're not. So if you're going to play golf, you're not going to be in the PGA, all right? You're just not. But if you're going to play, why don't you play like a kid plays, like for fun, not like an adult that thinks you're going to be a pro. And so you're out there throwing clubs in the lake. Like, don't do it. The closest you're going to get to the masters is as close as I am today to wear the shirt, right? That's as close as I'm going to get. But you know what? When I get out there, whether I'm having a good day or a bad day in terms of how I'm playing, I can have a great day if I enjoy myself play. And then lastly, you're made to serve. There's so many opportunities to serve in this city, but I will tell you, if you want to learn from and have your faith be ignited by kids, the best way to do it is through serving kids at Ecclesia. And you can go to ecclesiahouston.org slash kids. You can sign up to be a volunteer. We got people that cut fruit, that greet people, and we're back in services. We're doing things. We're serving. We're having opportunities for our kids. And one of the best things you could do is come serve at nine and worship at 11 or vice versa. Ecclesia, I love you, and the words of Jesus still matter to me, and they matter to you. And I hope this week, despite all the bad things happening in the world, that we can learn from Scripture and be the people God made us to be. Will you give me a moment to pray for you? God, I thank you for my brothers and sisters. I thank you that despite what's happening in the world and often in our lives, places of crisis and pain and sorrow, 
that you're active and that your teaching from 2000 years ago still has so much truth that if we'll listen to it, it'll radically change the way we experience our job and our family, uh, to radically change the way we experience our view of ourself. And so Lord, lead us down this path of curiosity and hope and trust. Help us to be more like children in our faith and in our life. We pray all of this together. And we pray it in your name. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Welcome to the table of hope. Welcome to the table of forgiveness. Welcome to the table of Jesus. Jesus is the one who hosts this, this meal, this feast for our souls. And Ecclesia, as we begin our preparations for partaking in the body and in the blood, would you join me in this prayer? You have made us to be free, but we crave the cheap comforts of our chains. You have made us to serve others, but we have eyes only for ourselves. You have made us to love, but we are inflamed with lust. You provide that we may be generous, but we greedily hoard as if your well will run dry. You forgive time and again, but we hold fast to the sins of others. You offer light for our path, but we insist on making our own way. You are the God who saves. Lord, save us from ourselves. In your great mercy, restore and heal us and grant us your peace. Amen. Jesus gathered with his disciples, his friends, and they shared a meal. Jesus broke bread and he said, when you eat this, remember me. After the meal, he took the cup. This is the blood of the new covenant that I have with you. Drink it and remember me. Why the encouragement to remember? because we are a forgetful people. And so as we partake of this body broken for us, this blood shed for us, may we taste, see, and remember. Amen.
cannot find. Take my worried thoughts, break my pride, clear my mind, oh Lord, clear my mind. Wake my soul, Now is the time that we get to participate in the benediction. This one is from Richard Rohr's Daily Meditations. I get them in my email each week and I wanted to share this one with you today. This is a prayer for our community. Loving God, you fill all things with a fullness and hope that we can never comprehend. Thank you for leading us into a time where more of reality is being unveiled for us all to see. Help us have the courage to awaken to greater truth, greater humility, and greater care for one another. May we place our hope in what matters and what lasts, trusting in your eternal presence and love. Listen to our heart's longings for the healing of our suffering world, knowing good God. Even now, you are hearing us better than we are speaking. Ecclesia, may you be filled and sent out this week in the fullness of God's love and hope. Ecclesia, dwell and go in peace. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, please visit our website at www.ecclesiahouston.org.